again, everybody. It is time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 138. And uh, I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, promising you that this podcast will be free of video review. Joining me up in Tallahassee, David Rowe. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. I uh, just want to make sure that we don't need to take another look at that uh, on the video review. Um, no. Okay, we're good. No, we, uh, we are not doing the video review here. The process is broken. Um, we don't know what a clear and obvious error is anyway. Uh, I guess the word clear and the word obvious are just too difficult to decipher. They're evidently not clear nor obvious. Yeah, the, the, the meanings of those words are clearly not clear and obvious, obviously. So... All right, so we're gonna have a fun show for you tonight. Uh, <laughs> this week we've got uh, we've got Orlando Pride to talk about. We've got the Orlando City to talk about, and none of it's good. None of it's no. good. Uh, I think we'll start out with the Lions. Uh, that probably will be the longer conversation. Um, Orlando City going up to D.C. First ever trip to Audi Field, David and. Um, you know, uh, we saw the lineup come out, and I immediately said, 5 nothing DC. <laughs> you did indeed say that, uh, which, sadly, your actual prediction from the podcast last week was 3-2 yeah. DC. Yeah, well, you know, that's the one that's official. The one I say in chat is not official. That's that's true. So it's, uh, it's crazy that, uh, that that actually happened. But it was a bizarre game in all respects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw the, the lineup come out and there are no attacking midfielders in the attacking midfield, uh, four, two, three, one, Chris Mueller was back in the lineup as a, he's, he's been an attacking midfielder, but you got Chris Nigita at the center attacking mid and, uh, Tony Rocha on the left side, uh, behind them, Yuri Rossell and Will Johnson as the defensive midfielders, um, El Munir slotting back into his old left back role. And playing it about as he always does, and, uh, and Dom up top. So it was, uh, and then Joe Bendick also being uh, back in the starting lineup, and um, he would be a talking point in the game as well. So uh, the game, you know, kind of starts off, and uh, you know, the longer it goes, and it's scoreless, and you're feeling like, hey, this is, uh, this is maybe uh, working. The strategy that James O'Connor's come up with, it's not. It's not very attack-minded, but uh, you know there were some opportunities. The, the I was very surprised at well how well Chris Nagita kind of facilitated in the midfield and uh, got the ball forward into the attack, and it was uh, it was looking pretty good. Yuri Rossell was very involved, and mm-hmm. you know it just looked like um, you know Orlando City might not be able to score, but it looked like they were keeping things pretty locked down on their own end as well. There weren't, weren't a lot of great chances for DC. And, um, you know, most of my concern was coming from uh, down the the left of Orlando City, the right of D.C., as O'Neill Fisher was basically uh, eating El Munir's lunch most of the first half, um, forcing turnovers, uh, you know, forcing throw-ins and, and, um, and, out, and dead ball situations when El Munir should have been able to move the ball up the field. Um, and that would actually come back and haunt uh, Orlando City. At the death, three minutes of stoppage time at the end of the first half, um, which is a pretty high number for a first half. But uh, in the fourth minute of that three minutes of stoppage time, 
Uh, DC United uh, opened the scoring with a late goal. It was just a, a devastating goal. It was devastating, really, was the word to describe the entire game. But uh, Elmanir, again, having trouble with Fisher on the left side. Seconds to go in the half. Just boot the damn ball down the field. Um, no, I'm going to go by Fisher, and I'm going to do like a little fancy footwork on the sideline and uh, lose the ball out of bounds. DC throw in. Uh, they get it to Acosta. Acosta gets it to Rooney. Rooney gets it back to Acosta. Still in pretty good shape. Tarek got beat, but at least he forced his man wide. Not much of an angle to shoot at. Acosta scored anyway because Joe Bendik uh, says, you know what? He's not going to beat me in the near post. I have to guard my far post. Uh, no, sadly, Joe, no. You, you got beat at the near post. <laughs> and uh, it was 1-0 and a, and a completely unnecessary and very aggravating goal after a, a, what was otherwise a really great half for Orlando City. Exactly right. The... Uh... You're feeling really good, like you said. You know, despite that lineup that comes out when you see it, and, and you yourself said, "Oh, five nothing." Um, you're looking at that lineup, going, eh, "I'm not so sure about this." But through all the first half, minus a couple seconds, um, you know, they did pretty well. Like you said, Higita uh, played very well. I thought. Um, you know, there were times uh, earlier in the season when he would get forward from his defensive midfield position and create some opportunities offensively. And perhaps that's what uh, O'Connor saw and wanted to try and uh, use. And, and it seemed to be, you know, working a bit. You had to have some way to get the ball into to Dwyer. So uh, and with Yotun and Question out, um, well, somebody had to do it. So it's incredibly disappointing that as you're going towards the death of the first half, you're thinking, great, we're going to go into the, into the locker room with uh, uh, zero, zero. Um, that's as good as you could hope for, uh, especially the way that uh, Orlando's given up goals early in games. Um, but alas, twas not to be. Um, and El Munir did not have a good night. Uh, I don't remember what his, uh, score was from our uh, player grades but uh, I know it wasn't good nor should it have been so um, and Joey B one would have hoped he'd know better I just, evidently he won the starting position back during training um, he may go the other direction now again mm. but uh, regardless uh, yeah honestly an incredible sh shot from Costa because like you said there was it was not a good angle, and it went in near post, and that's that's a very very difficult shot to make. So unfortunately, you know how it ends up is one nothing, and you're sitting there going, "Okay, here we go again." Yeah, it, it was a tough tough shot, and credit to Acosta for making it. But apparently, I don't know if Joe was thinking that he had got runners coming behind him, and he thought he had to cheat a little bit on a cross from that uh, position in the field. But he he got completely caught on that, and it was it was a bad goal to give up, and I will say that he probably got the start because of Earl's bad goal in the previous game. Um, and uh, Joe just has shown this year that he's not quite on his game. And that was another instance of it. It was a goal that, you know, you don't see top goalkeepers allow from that position. And he allowed it. So I guess he's not a top goalkeeper. Or at least he's not playing like one right uh, now. At so. least, yeah, at least not this year. So one nothing. the hosts with all the momentum going into the locker room again. Uh, in the fourth minute of three minutes of stoppage time. Um, but who's counting? Certainly not uh, Juan Carlos Rivero. No, definitely not the rest. <clears throat> and um, so they come out in the second half, and uh, 
you know, Orlando City, boom, five minutes in, equalize. Uh, a really nice play by Rossell in the attacking third. Uh, he heads the ball, you know, into an open area where he can get to it first and, uh, you know, sends across uh, through the six for, you know, intended for Dom Dwyer and uh, knocked into the net by David Osted and makes it 1-1, an own goal. And it was, uh, I don't know, I heard a lot of people saying this should be Uri's goal, but it was definitely an own goal. It was... Uh, Probably not as egregious as Amro Tarek's goal, and as far as I know, he's kept his goal uh, from the uh, the New England game that Matt Turner knocked in. Uh, I'm still trying to puzzle that one out as the as the ball came off of the post in front of the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper swung his hand up and knocked it into his own net. Uh, <laughs> and somehow that's not an own goal, but this one was an own goal, and I would give it as an own goal, you know, every day of the week. And uh, and and I think it was uh, it was that's not to take anything away from the play that Rossell made, which. Uh, prompted the own goal it was a very difficult ball to handle and you know getting into those positions that's how you create own goals right and if you thought that the angle that Acosta took his shot from was uh severe well <laughs> there's a reason why it was an own goal because uh Roselle was practically at the touchline so uh it's it's nearly impossible if you don't uh, put a little English on a ball to uh to get it to go in from there unless you get a little help yeah, so it was uh, it was game on, and uh, or so we thought, because a few minutes later, uh, Orlando City gets a you know a nice little counterattack going, but Higita overhits the the uh, pass, the cross, and uh, then all of a sudden we're running down the other field to see is Yamil Assad okay? Is he dead? I'm not sure. Is he in a coma? <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. We get to see the replay, and uh, you know it looked like. Um, Igita, you know, kind of reached out to grab him and, and kind of pull himself by the, uh, the it was it was definitely a foul, at least on the tug. And they went to the re they went to the review to see, you know, if something worse happened. And uh, they red card Igita and ruined the game. And I, I can tell you this, that the, you know, there's been a lot made of, of Assad uh, making a, a meal of this and, and about how his head didn't seem to even move as Sagita's as arm came by. That doesn't matter for the purposes of a foul or even for the purposes of a red card. An attempt being made is enough to get someone a red card. But you can't tell me with Sagita looking the other direction and pulling himself kind of around the guy for certain. You can surmise all you want, but you cannot say for certain that was an attempted uh, throwing of an elbow at the head intentionally. And re what Rivero did when he went to look at the replay was he had to make sure that he didn't make a clear and obvious error. Now, I don't know how you assume intent there and call that a clear and obvious error, but he somehow did. And uh, Higita's out and he will miss the Atlanta game. Yeah, even uh, Lexi Lawless had to as they hashed it out over a three minute period had to say, okay, you want me to make an argument for this being a red card? I'll make an, ar it, there was that much conversation at, at that level from the, the commentators. Right. So JP asked him, uh, he's like, is that a red card for you? And he says, you can make a case for it. And as I right, said, which on is Twitter, not clear and obvious. <laughs> yeah. If you, you can make a case for it is not a clear and obvious error. That's, it was the first misuse of, of uh, video review that Rivero had on the night, and it wouldn't be the last. So, no. Uh, so it's it's one one, uh, but Orlando City down a man, and now is going to have to defend basically the rest of the game and try to somehow uh, get a result um, and and just dig in, and that's kind of what we felt like the rest of the game was going to be. That was 
we're in the 55th minute, I believe. And uh, mm-hmm. so you've got, uh, you know, a good 35, 40 minutes to go. And uh, it just didn't look good. And then it, uh, it really didn't look good when uh, DC put the ball in the net. Now, they did score earlier, and, and Rooney put a header in, and it was ruled offside by Assad. And Assad uh, on the replay showed it was he was very clearly offside. And that one didn't. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that actually went to review. Uh, I can't remember because, you know, the game is just a blur of reviews and, yeah. and, um, and strange calls. But I, I can't do remember know... if it did either, but it was Assad was absolutely offside. Yeah, he was a good um, couple of yards offside and ahead of Rooney. So it wasn't Rooney that was offside. He was fine, but Assad on the on the, the previous touch uh, header across was definitely offside. So no goal there. But DC did make it 2-1 on the second Acosta goal, a, a ball to the back pass. Flag comes up. It's offside. It's not going to count. Oh, we're going to go review it. <laughs> um, because, of course, we are. Yes, we, we are. Because we have to find a way to make this life miserable for every Orlando City fan. And uh, Rivero goes and takes a look. They showed the replay several times on television. That was a bang-bang play. Very, very close. Not clear. Not obvious. Stick with the call on the field, right? No. We don't no. stick with the call on the field. Obviously a clear error on my part, Rivero says. I mean, he overruled himself on a bang-bang play. Um, if I am, you know, gun to my head, he's probably onside. So it's probably the right call. But it, under the rules of the game, that's a second misuse of video review. You are supposed Correct. to check for clear and obvious errors. That was not a clear and obvious error. So if you want to say justice was served with the, with the you know, incorrect ruling, go ahead. Because we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and I kind of feel that uh, video review in MLS is and, – and obviously it's hit us hard. But overall, it has not been done well, not like we saw in the World Cup. And I don't know – you know, if, if – listeners, if it your job, if something's not working well, they bring in a trainer or they do additional training. Maybe that needs to happen. Uh, there's also not as many uh, cameras showing the angles. Um so uh, I don't think MLS is that hard up that they can't, you know, get some more cameras in there. Maybe they can't. I don't know. But uh, I haven't looked at their books. But I would ho- certainly hope that they can afford some more cameras. Well, it's uh, not MLS. It's FS1. FS1's putting on the, the event. They're, they're, oh, the, ones that, right. they're well, the ones that should be having the equipment. Now, I want you to keep in mind. Money. I want you to keep in mind the camera angle that was shown on that second goal. Because that's going to be important later. That's going to be very, very important later. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, it's 2-1 uh, Washington and our DC, and of course Orlando City fans are feeling, po- you know, quite um, poorly treated at this point uh, as two major calls uh, that weren't clear and obvious go against them, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where like, what what are you gonna do? It's 2-1. You you know the the floodgates are probably gonna open. You're thinking at this point, right? You're thinking yep. they've already got their second. They're a man up. Still a lot of time to go. Um, and, uh, no, as luck would have it, uh, Yuri Rossell having a great night, just unleashes a great pass for Dom Dwyer, unlocks the defense. Dwyer with a, a fantastic run, uh, gets in almost, almost too, uh, close to the goalkeeper, but he manages a scoop shot and to get it over Osted and to get just enough on it to put it in the net before the defense can arrive and clear it off the line. And it's two, two out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, like you said, Yuri having a fantastic game, and then 
Dom's shot up for goal of the week, by the way, so get out there and, and vote. Um, it, a brilliant strike, and it's not even a strike, like you said, it was a scoop from the striker. Um, it was a, a definitely a, uh, a veteran uh, scoop. Yeah. There's no other word for it. I mean, but it was it was a really good shot, and I don't even want to use shot because that would indicate some some power. But it was the finesse behind it and the awareness behind it was absolutely incredible. Um, to to put it right over the keeper where he can't get it, um, and just hard enough that it goes in, and and no other other defender can get it back there and stop it. And uh, yeah, you're you're blown away if you're watching this game. I know I was because. Here you are, a man down, thinking you're going to have to defend. You go a goal down at that point, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're even again. And uh, what minute was that that goal in? Uh, I they believe it was the 71st. 70, minute. yeah, 72nd, somewhere around there. So suddenly, you know, uh, not quite half the time that you figured you have to defend has gone by, and now you're you're back in it. Absolutely, and you think, great, okay, cool, let's get out of here with a point, uh, because at that point it felt like. It really felt like, and I said this at the time, DC was going to end up with 80% possession. They were just constantly, they weren't getting a lot of great chances, but they were prowling around the outside of the area, like left to right, right to left, moving it around, looking for an opening, probing, and then trying to trying to find a way to slip Rooney in, to slip Acosta in, or slip in uh, Assad, one of those guys. Ariola would take a shot from distance every now and then, but it really looked like Orlando was being pretty well organized and, and making DC work for it. You just had to worry about would they find that one crack they needed. Um, and then Orlando hits back and makes it two, two. And it was, uh, it was, it really kind of took them aback. I think Orlando had the better of the play for, for the next little bit after that goal, um, despite being a man down, they were able to, to have some control of the game uh, of the ball possession in the midfield and, and that kind of thing and, and kind of take the pressure off. And, you know, as the game wore down, then DC brought in some offensive uh, substitutions, took took their left back completely off the field, and put another attacker out there, and uh, just went for it. And, and, and you know, credit to, to Ben Olsen. That's what you should do in that situation at home against a 10-man team, trying anything you can to get back into playoff contention. And um, and that's when you know when when they brought on Darren Maddox and they had a little bit extra uh, spark. It looked like DC looked really dangerous, but you know time was was going by and time was going by, and then you get to the end of the game and there's six, seven minutes of stoppage time. Well, between the uh, the on-field incursion by a, a young man and, and some others, and then uh, the other uh, stoppage, uh, I I want to say I was surprised, but I, I was expecting the long um, you know stoppage time afterwards. Uh, I wasn't hoping for that long. Obviously. Yeah, I was thinking it would be five and maybe five six, so, yeah. and it ended up being seven. But whatever, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, and it was, you know, part of that was video reviews. They even they video reviewed Dom's to make sure he was onside, because yep. they had to see is there a way we can take the school away? How can we take it away? Let's yeah, see. Let's go to the video. But nope, it was so onside they couldn't even overturn that. So uh, yeah, so give them credit for trying though. So it comes to the last minute, and there's a full, a good full minute to go. DC earns a corner, and this is where the game got really weird. Um, so they take the corner kick, and they they bring Osted up into the penalty area to give them a, a two-man advantage. And I went, 
there's like a full minute left. What are they doing here? This is a thing that usually teams do when they have like, this is going to be the last kick of the game, right? Right. Uh, bring in the goalkeeper because it doesn't matter if they clear it, the, the whistle's blowing and the game's over. And there's a good full minute to go. And Osted comes up and like, okay, well, this is weird. Maybe if uh, we can get lucky, get this thing out of here, maybe we can score an empty net goal or something. And damn, if that didn't almost happen, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. clearance, uh, came from, I'm not sure who it was. It might've been O'Neill, might've been Rosell, but it got knocked way out of the box, way off to the left side of the field. As luck would have it, one of Orlando's slower and uh, more exhausted players on the night, <laughs> Will Johnson was out there and he did win the race to the ball. Now, this is, uh, this is going to be, he was, he was racing Wayne Rooney, who is was, also old and slow. Yeah, R- Rooney's old and slow. Maybe he hasn't quite lost. I mean, he's lost a step, but he, he had decent speed to begin with. So maybe he was always faster than Will Johnson. But, you know, he was out there doing a lot of standing with his back to goal, sliding left, sliding right, while Johnson was busting his tail to defend for whole, all the whole second half and cover extra space because there's no Christian Aguita in the game. Very true. Um, it, you know, he had a lot more running and a lot more energy to expend. Uh, Rooney also slept in his own bed the night before Will was traveling. I'm not trying to make up excuses. I'm just setting the stage here. Johnson gets to the ball first. He, he, you could see that he looked over to his right. He had two guys coming, but they were well behind him. So he takes a step into the, he takes a touch to take it into the attacking half of the field, just across midfield. Now, Rooney is almost upon him, and now he's figuring, I don't think I can make this shot right now. But he's trying to win the game. A lot of people have said, well, he should have just kicked it down the field and the game's over. That's a good way to get a draw, and that would have been fine. Everybody would have been okay with it, except that everybody would have lost their mind that he didn't try to score, if you really want the truth. Yeah, Um, there there would have been pitchforks and torches on why he didn't try to do something more. So... Instead, he's, he knows he's got two guys coming. They're not there yet. He tries to, to, to inside out the ball with his right foot across the field to his oncoming uh, attacking partners. Rooney makes a great play, slides, and blocks the thing. Um, the reason why his guys were so far behind him is that behind the play, Luciano Acosta saw that Stefano Pino, the second-half sub with fresh legs, was starting to sprint down the field to get involved. And he just casually stuck his leg out, tripped him. That probably cost a good five to ten yards of, of space on the field for Pino. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind, because if Johnson had seen him further up the field, he, he maybe doesn't even take a touch. He maybe just first times it across the field, because at that point, Pino is walking it down to the other end and putting it in the empty net. Mm-hmm. I'm saying probably because I'm not in Will Johnson's head. I don't know what he would have actually done. I'm just saying that he knew what he had. And if he had a guy closer, that's probably the, the likeliest and best outcome. Uh, and he's, you know, he's probably doing that. I mean, he's gassed. He knows what he's got in the tank. But he tries to beat Rooney. Didn't beat him. Rooney gets up, uh, takes the ball back into the uh, front, uh, the attacking half for DC. Sends the ball to the back post. Acosta's on it. For some reason, the ball's in the air a half an hour, and Bendik doesn't think to just, maybe I'll just run over and punch that out. Doesn't do anything. Kind of then comes halfway off his line and gets beat to the back post. Um, 3-2 at the death. Which uh, I'm no keeper, but that's pretty much the worst position a keeper can be in on a play like that. Pandemonium, shirts off, guys going in the crowd, not getting yellow carded for it. Um, they go and take a look. 
Guy comes back, makes the video review symbol, which you're only supposed to do, is my understanding, if you're changing the call. Mm-hmm. Doesn't change the call. This is where I was talking about that earlier angle. We don't get the earlier angle on the television for the last goal. Uh, it did look like Acosta was offside. If you, you know, if you are on Twitter and you, uh, you don't follow the uh, soccer photogrammetry uh, account, basically what they do is they take um, markers on the field and they do some kind of math that I'm not really um, smart enough to understand, and they project, you know, offside calls. They projected a one and a half foot offside for Acosta and even allowing for some distortion of the lens and uh, angle, they estimate that he was still offside. So, of course, that's not allowable. (laughs) And the review didn't turn up anything definitive, but we didn't get to see that same angle we got to see on the second goal, which would have clearly shown whether or not he was offside. It would have been very obvious from that side angle in the attacking third and we know FS1 had a camera there. So that brings up the question, why didn't we see that angle? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to not chalk this one up to a conspiracy. I'm going to chalk it up to uh, either a bad director or, um, <laughs> or bad camera. Potentially they moved the camera for what reason. I would have no idea if you if you're. You know, if you know the team with 11 men is attacking that goal, I don't know why you would move that camera to another location. So um, I'm not really sure why we didn't see that angle, but the angle exists and we never got to see it. So we never got a clear picture of whether or not Acosta was offside. The goal stood after review. And for some reason, a lot of people on Twitter don't seem to think that that goal was reviewed, but it was. It was reviewed and it was found to be fine. And so I think... Every review except the Rooney goal that was disallowed because it was obviously offside uh, on Assad went against Orlando on the night. Every single one. And there was nothing that they could him and Hall about on the Assad one because it was he was six feet right. offside. Now the keep in mind this offside thing. The second goal really torqued me because that was the exact play that allowed Orlando City to pull even 2-2 with LAFC and that was overturned and it was also not clear and obvious. Yep, I do remember that. So, you know, um, there I'm seems not, to be a lack of consistency. Uh, no, it's consistently against Orlando. Oh, it's that's very a good consistent, point. Very, very consistent. Um, opportunity to keep Aguita out of the Atlanta game? Check. Uh, <laughs> opportunity, <laughs> opportunity to give DC a couple of goals? Check. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and my hat's off to Wayne Rooney. He played a hell of a game and he really made some great plays down the stretch. And, um, I really hated it because it, it was, that performance was deserving of at least a point, Dave. It was just such an, I mean, we would be sitting here if that, even without the late goal, if, if, you know, let's say, um, you know, Johnson say, makes that yeah, pass and let's gets say, it to Pino. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's say Pino does something ridiculous and like falls down and doesn't get the goal. We're all lamenting the fact that it wasn't a win. But at least at that point, we're saying, what a heroic game to go on the road with that lineup, without Yotun, without question, and to get a result. That, After that, going down a man. Yeah, I mean, that was just, that would have been a tremendous um, 
accomplishment. Point. Yeah, it would have been a tremendous point. It would have. It's one of those that um, you would have looked at, you know, not point wise, but you know, emotionally as a win, and uh, to have it stolen away at the the death of the match on such a weird, weird play with also, like you said, um, you know, an offside that was not reviewed mm. or that were not properly reviewed. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking, heart wrenching, whatever bad heart things you want to ascribe. That's what it was. Exactly. And it was, um, it, it was just, a, it was too bad. I felt so bad for James O'Connor and, um, you know, he, he's got the team playing better. They're not where they need to be yet, but he, you could tell the tactics and the intent that he put in, his team believed in it. They went out and they executed it, and without question and without Yotun, they put defensive midfielders in the attacking midfield, and really, it was a good strategy. It was working. It, it was yeah. really, they were really doing well. In fact, you know, one would even say that if this team didn't have... Uh, a left back who can't defend, you know, they they might have uh, they might have had a better fate. I mean, again, El Munir, um, for all that he brings the team in the attacking half, he just has moments in the defensive half that you go, who put him at left back and why? You know, how was right. he? A, how did we go find this fullback? Why was he a fullback? Um, it, it's 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 maddening because. O'Neill Fisher is a decent player, but he's not even the guy that, I mean, DC has been looking for a replacement for him. It's, he shouldn't be getting absolutely owned by that guy out there on the right. He just shouldn't. And he did. And again, all he has to do is lump the ball down the field. Um, you know, maybe don't try to be fancy, kick the ball off the guy and out of bounds and get your own throw in. I mean, the, the, the half is almost over and it, it could have, it, it could have changed the outcome of the game. And it, it makes you wonder what would, and I've never said this before. What would Donnie Toya have done? Yeah, I mean that that was that's a good question. I mean he he certainly doesn't get forward in the attack, but he's and he doesn't have the pace, but he's certainly a stay-at-home defender who's competent. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but uh, it was certainly a, dis, a just again what I said earlier a devastating result because that was that was not a performance that should have gotten zero points on the road. No, and um, it it takes the wind out of the sails of the supporters of I assuming the team. Um, you know, O'Connor might be the only stubborn bastard left that's gonna you know take it and let it burn deep in his heart into a angry ball and use it. But um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you, you, you hate to say the word unfair when it comes to sports because things happen. It was like you said, a good play from Rooney, but it's just, it honestly felt unfair that it should end like that. And I know sports aren't fair and life's not fair and there's nothing to be done about it, but dang it. It just, it hurts. Yeah. And if you're, you know, uh, I felt bad for Johnson too, because Johnson doesn't deserve the grief that he's taken about the play. Um, he's trying to make a play to win the game. He didn't make the play because another guy made a better play and because another guy tripped his teammate. Uh, those are the two huge factors in that thing. Maybe he could have taken it first time and just smashed it down the field and hope, hoped it went in. But, he, you know, obviously the guy's not feeling confident. He, he, he knows the net's empty. He knows what he's got. He's trying to make that play. It's like if I could just do this, it's an easy goal. 
Right, um, versus why, a not easy know, goal from me. Yeah. Right. Why why take the chance if he, he figured he could do it and you know, Rooney surprised him. I think Rooney was probably a little quicker than he thought. And um you know, that ball nearly got out of there. It nearly squirted right under his leg and it didn't get there. But again, he doesn't maybe take that touch if he's got Pino earlier. Um, well, Pino's, that got and... the, Pino's got the fresh legs. Pino's uh, running full tilt. There's no one on him. There's no way they're catching him. Um, you know, he, he might have been able to just lump that across the field uh, first time with his first touch before Rooney got anywhere near him and, and, and you know, set up an easy goal. And unfortunately, that didn't happen because Assad or, I mean, Acosta, the... Goal scorer got goal away with score, a trip. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he benefited from being a jerk. Yeah, so, and I will be 100% shocked if we hear anything about that trip, even though it's been making the rounds. There will be no repercussions for that um, at all. No, and, there won't. And there, and there really shouldn't be, because really, at any other point, what you're doing there is you're saying, okay, that's a trip, it's a foul. It's maybe, it's, it's a yellow card. It's not a red card. It wasn't a red card offense. He just stuck his leg out and tripped him. That was a professional foul. It's a mm-hmm. yellow card, but he played advantage. And at the at that point, you know, Will was the first one to the ball. Yeah. So he played advantage. He did what he needed to do. Now, could he have said, this is all a continuation of the same play? Now I'm blowing the whistle and bringing it back here? Sure. But he, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't even think the ref saw that or knew what happened. So, I mean, it would have been possible for him to review the play and say this whole entire thing started with a foul right here. Free kick Orlando City. He could have done that. That's a possibility. But I mean, come on. The guy gave a goal when it was off when it was when it was initially called on the field offside and wasn't clear and obvious. So you really think he's going to make that call? I mean, at that point, I said there's no even if it's an obvious offside, they're not overturning it because this crowd would all spill on the field and rip him to shreds. Yeah, it, the here's the only thing though is I don't think that any of that changes is if if it's in Orlando City Stadium. Well, you're probably I think right. all the, I think all the call <laughs> I think all the calls go exactly the same way and that's infuriating. It is. And you know what, to anybody that's not an Orlando City fan that's listening to this podcast, first of all, hey, thanks for listening. Yeah. Second of all, um if you think that Orlando City fans cry about the officiating too much, you know, I'm not asking you to um, to say, you know, that you've your team has never had a bad call against you, that it hasn't cost you a game here or there. I'm just saying this has been four years of it, and I don't, I, I can't think back over four years and went, holy cow, what a bad call that got us a win. I can't think of one time that that's happened, not one single time. Yeah, and... I've had. I was talking <laughs> with somebody on Twitter, which is always a bad idea, but. Um, <laughs> they said, they said, hey, you know, calls have gone Orlando City's way, and I said, yeah, but and he, and the person named one or two, one of them had something to do with Dwyer. I don't remember what it was. I said, okay, fine, yeah, you can find examples, but go back and count. Like, if somebody could go back and count all of them, and tell me that it's not lopsided against. If if somebody wants to go find that and prove to me that it's not lopsided against, I will change my tune completely. But. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that if somebody actually went back and found all of the those situations, it would be lopsided against Orlando City. And you and I, for years now on this podcast, have said no conspiracy, no conspiracy, no conspiracy. Um, and at my heart, I still don't believe there is. But at some point, 
they keep piling on and piling on and it makes it harder for us to defend well, not that I want to defend pro. It's, at it's any just level, harder to it's argue. Just... It's harder to argue against yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah, you're right. Because again, it's not that Orlando City hasn't won a free kick that wasn't really a foul, or that they haven't gotten a, a corner that should have been a goal kick, or whatever. Those calls, yes, they happen to everybody. We're talking about game-changing and game-costing goals, or and and decisions, not just goals. I'm talking about red yeah. cards, penalties, all of these things. It's I can't think of one that's gone Orlando's way where I've thought after the game, hey, Orlando lucky to win. They didn't deserve that goal or they didn't deserve that guy getting, you know, uh, getting a penalty or whatever. It, but it, it just, it's not just hard to think of five off the top of your head. I mean, two in this game alone. So we've had probably five since James O'Connor became coach. Six <laughs> right. games ago. I mean, if you look at Columbus where pro comes out and says, you know, well, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have given them a penalty. Um, <laughs> you think of the LAFC game that was tied with 20 minutes to go and then mm-hmm. wasn't tied anymore because reasons, uh, they just, they, they pile up. And when we've been talking about this game for 36 minutes and most of that's been about officiating decisions. So that tells you something about the game. There certainly were the biggest talking points and it spoiled what was really a, a compelling game. It really was. I mean, you know, DC was not, is not a top of the table team, you know, yeah, the additional Wayne Rooney and they've started playing better now, but, uh, it was Two not great teams going at it, um, but it was really entertaining for a while, especially with the comebacks and then going down a man and defending. You're right. It was an incredibly compelling and exciting game to watch. And I feel that uh, everybody could have probably felt good if it had ended in a draw, but uh, it was not to be. Right. And it really, if there was any justice on the planet, uh, Will gets that ball across the field to Pino, and Pino scores a goal, and we win 3-2. But that didn't happen. There is no justice. <laughs> there is definitely we'll, no justice. We'll be, because we're going to have to have a season of, like, you know, where you get 12, 12 to 15 games of, of, oh, my God, we got another baloney call and, and won the game before this thing evens out. You know, that's all I'm saying. For, if, after four years of this, it's yeah. going to take quite a bit for this to even out. It might even out when I'm 100 years old. I don't know. <laughs> anyway... Uh, enough about the game. Another loss. Ninth straight loss for Orlando City on the road. Um, winless in f- five. Or f- yeah, five? Three? Four losses and a draw. Yeah. And uh, But goal number 11 for Dom, so that's a positive. He scored in a couple games uh, here in a row, and it's, uh, it's good to see him get his scoring boots back on because really would like to see him break the club MLS record for goals in a season. He would need to get 18. He's up to 11. It's going to be probably a tall task to, to get to 18. But, you know, if he could erase Kyle Aaron's name at the top of that list, that'd probably make a lot of people happy. I, it would <laughs> certainly, it would make my day brighter <laughs> anyway. And, um, so my man of the match, pretty obviously Yuri Rossell, a goal and an assist, or at least he forced a goal and the, the great assist on Dom's goal, uh, a fantastic defensive effort. He was all over the field. His best game is a lion, in my opinion. And this is the Yuri Rossell we thought we were getting at the beginning of the season. Absolutely right. I completely agree. I mean, we spoke about it in the internal chat and, um, you know, when we were asking you and I were the first people in answer and, and Yuri was, was that answer. He, uh, he was all over the place. He had an exceptional game. Um, and yeah, you're right. This is the Yuri we were hoping to get. This is one that when he brought in, I was, you know, very excited about. Um, and hopefully this will, uh, will prompt better, um, you know, uh, performances from him going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, 
you know, back with Higuita or if he's with Johnson again or, or it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that assist was a thing of beauty to allow Dom to get that goal. I mean, it's, if, if, I know everybody's going to get to watch the uh, the Dom goal, but uh, back the tape up just a bit and, and watch the assist because it is perfectly weighted. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's turn our attention to what normally makes us happier, the Orlando Pride. Uh, <sighs> it's not didn't make us very happy this weekend. I actually covered this game uh, for the site, did the recap, and went to the stadium and, and had to watch it. I mean, it was a game where, oh, oh my God, the, the Portland Thorns – are a team that Orlando has struggled against, and a lot most most teams in the league have struggled against the Portland Thorns. We think, okay, home game, uh, they're coming off a 2-2 draw, an embarrassing draw against Sky Blue. Maybe they're going to come out with some fire and brimstone and, and take it to Portland. And you know, Orlando started very brightly in this game. Uh, the first 20 to 30 minutes just owned the game. Where they were, they spent most of mm-hmm. that time in the Portland half, uh, in the Portland third even. Uh, you know, got won a, a string of corners early. Won, uh, you know, got some shots. Uh, they were hitting French uh, basically dead on center though, and, and not or, or not getting balls on on uh, on target or getting them blocked. But they were getting chances, and it looked like it was just a matter of time before they knocked the door down. And uh, then they didn't. They just kept not doing it. Yep. And um, and Portland kind of got a little bit on the front foot toward the end of the, of the half, and it was, uh, you know, they. I thought still an overall, you know, good first half for the for the Pride. They ended up uh, uh, not being able to score, but they kind of controlled most of the half. And you thought, hey, this is pretty good to get the get their juice back at halftime. Maybe get a little bit of that flow going from the first half, and uh, maybe they can make something of this. You definitely wanted them to at least get a draw, keep keep Portland where they were, kind of you know hold everybody at bay, and 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 try to at least advance a, at least a point mm-hmm. in the uh, playoff race. But um, in the second half came and just, I don't even know how to describe this team in the second half. It was just lethargic and had no passion, no energy, did not come out with the same fight and the same intensity. And Portland came out revved up and ready to go. And they got a couple of quick goals and made it two nil. And at that point you figured there just didn't look like there was going to be any way back in the game. When, once it got to two, when Rosso scored, it was uh, an even more beaten and defeated-looking team out there. Um, no Sidney LaRue. She missed with an illness. Uh, but everybody else was there, and I thought that uh, overall a lot of good play, especially in the first half. Um, not many chances in the second half. Portland just locked them down, and, and Orlando didn't seem to have any fight. They brought out some players to try to – you know, make a game of it. Rachel Hill. I don't even, I think she got like three touches the entire rest of the game when she came in and she's a, she's the spark plug. She's the, the fire off the bench and she wasn't able to provide any of that. And, and really Orlando couldn't control the ball. They couldn't possess it. They'd lump it up the field and, and, you know, Portland would just win it in the air and come back the other way. Uh, or they would try to pick somebody out and pass it directly to Portland. It was just the passing was terrible. Um, one of the worst passing halves I've ever seen from the Pride in the second half. And Portland gets the win. And um, now the Pride are a little, in a little bit of trouble. They're just, uh, they come into this week uh, with uh, just a point on Chicago for that fourth spot. Chicago is two games in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago plays in the midweek against the Seattle Reign, who are going to have a bunch of key players missing. So, um, oh, and it gets better. Who do we play? 
Uh, well, things are, are not, I was going to say things are not looking good there for the rain to keep uh, Chicago at bay in one of their games at hand, in hand. But yeah, then the, the, the pride have to go to North Carolina to play the best team in the league that's already clinched the shield a couple weeks ago. And uh, they have not fared well against North Carolina this year. So uh, it it's, <laughs> can this team make the playoffs? They can, yeah. But things are really looking bad, and they're going to need to go to North Carolina and get a result. They're going to need to beat Chicago at home, mm-hmm. and they're going to need to go to Sky Blue and get another win. And they're going to need to get a little bit of help besides that, probably, to be able to clinch. I think if they win all three games, they're probably fine. But That's tall order. Yeah, I mean, even the way Chicago's playing, that's not a guaranteed uh, even a point in that game. And, uh, you know, we saw what they did against in two games against Sky Blue. Uh, a one-goal game and a tie. So um, the Pride have it all to do now. Um, you know, there's been a lot of heat on Tom Sermani. I know he feels it. He definitely, uh, you know, spoke after the match like a, a man who did not know why his team didn't come out, you know, all fired up in the second half the way they did in the first half. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an answer. He didn't have an explanation. We got the same thing from Ashlyn Harris. We got the same thing from Emily Van Eggman. You know, why wasn't the, the energy the same in the second half? Not sure. Don't know. Nobody seemed to have an answer. Um, you know, Ashlyn said, you know, this is the, you know, it's going to be difficult now, This, is, but this is the path we chose, and now we have to come up big. And she's right. And I, I think it was good of her to own it. And I think it was, you know, Tom was asked in a number of different ways, you know, what happened? What was the difference? Was it anything in training? You know, he's like, we had a good week of practice. We had a good week. Um, you know, we didn't do anything different we did everything right we did the same nutrition the same recovery um, they ate their meals at the same time they yeah. uh, they do so we, it, we there was nothing different yeah they didn't, didn't change anything up because i just I, I don't understand it and you know there, the suggestion there was you know somebody asked him if uh, you know who needs to step up and and fix this and you know he said well we've, we've got all these international players and they got to step step up and and change this not one person but like five or six he says you know look at portland they have, you know, they have, they have Sinclair, they have Iran, they have all these, they have all of these players doing it. Sonnet, they have, they have many players that are stepping up and leading. And that, he said, that's what Orlando Pride need. And, and I think he's right. And I also think that the Pride have just, it's been a, a season long slog for them where they never have seemed to find an identity. And I don't know if it's because of injuries and international absences early. I don't know if it's because once everybody got here, Tom, you know, had all these players suddenly that all could play and tried to change up the, you know, the, the, the lineup from week to week and, and not come up with a consistent look, uh, whether it's, um, you know, a chemistry issue with uh, Catley leaving and Bledsoe leaving and other players coming in. Maybe the, maybe the chemistry is not as good on the team this year. I couldn't tell you what it is any more than anybody on that team could tell you what it is. But I do know this. A lot of people are giving Tom a hard time and Tom, may lose his job if the team doesn't make the playoffs um, because of the big names on the team. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a cap league. So everybody's basically spending the same amount, but um, he's got the names and, and, but the thing is, if he leaves, some of the names are leaving too. Yeah. And uh, some new names are, might not be coming in because a lot of these players are here because of Tom Sermani. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he is incredibly well-respected. Um, you know, obviously, you know, former uh, national team coach. And um, I, I I don't I feel bad for Tom because he genuinely had no idea what the heck happened any more than the rest of us did. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if the players have any idea. I don't know if somebody kidnapped their puppies uh, during the halftime and, and threatened them that they better go out and, you know, play bet. I, it, who knows? There, there is, there was no explanation for it. Um, but the, they're not out of it. Like I said, we're probably going to need some help. Um, you know, maybe we luck out and Carolina decides to rest some players. I don't see it happening, but you know, weirder, weirder things have definitely happened this season for uh, both city and pride. So, uh, I think it's, it's just going to take, um, it's just going to take them stepping up. It's, like you said, those internationals or even the ones that aren't international, the ones who have been there every day, you know, your, your, uh, pickets and, and, and Presley's and, and whoever else that just need to, uh, up their game and, and be the person that, uh, is the one that, that says, yes, I'm going to take it on myself. Um, obviously your Morgans and your Martas and, uh, uh, Kennedy's have to do that as well. But, um, yeah, I I don't know if if you had told me that this is where we would be at this point in the season, uh, you know, a couple months ago, I'd have I'd have been shocked. I mean, I'm yeah, I, especially with the home results this year. The home results this year have not been good, and the team's been good on the road. So yeah, uh, it's been kind of a weird season for the Pride. I lest anyone think that I'm a Tom Sermani apologist, I do think he's a good coach. I do think he's done a good job overall, but I do have my issues. I mean, I I don't think Marta should be playing striker. I think Marta's no. too good of an attacking midfielder and facilitator to be playing striker. Obviously, with Sidney LaRue out, you'd have to do something else up top with to go along with Morgan, but you got Rachel Hill on the team. Chia Bogagoo could play in that spot if she needed to. Um, and, you know, and then you could move, uh, you know, put in Pickett since it was a, th- a three-person back line. Essentially, it was a five-back line on defense and a three-back line in attack. And Carson Pickett can handle that. Um you can so it would allow you to move Chi up to to the top next to Morgan, whatever. Um, so I don't like Marta playing striker. I mean, she's capable of doing it for sure, but I think she's much better served in the attacking midfield role. I also wouldn't have put um, Shalina Zadorsky in as, as a defensive midfielder. I don't I don't think that was a the right move, and she kind of was invisible in the game. I, I and you know a lot of times that's good for a defensive midfielder, but in this case, not quite as good. In this case, I didn't right. think that she. I don't know if it's not being used to that situation. I mean, I would almost rather have seen Kennedy return to the defensive midfield uh, than that. But again, I, there were a lot of things. I, I I would give Camilla more time on the field because she's starting to show glimpses of what she had last year, um, specifically the the tying goal against um, Sky Blue. She made a great move, and that freed up Danny Weatherholt for the tying goal. So I would play more Camilla, but... Uh, you know, so I do have issues with some of what Tom's done in team selection, but I don't think that the overall attitude of the team is right. I don't think that they have an identity. I don't know that they've uh, got the chemistry that the team had last year, and that sometimes can happen, and especially on a team that's full of star players like this, that you can have, um, you know, everybody wants to do their thing, but nobody, you know, the collective is really what's important, and I think the team... Uh, it will be interesting to see how they respond to this in North Carolina this weekend. I, if they don't respond like John Wick after they stole his car and killed his dog, then I'm going to be highly upset. Spoilers. I haven't seen John Wick. Oh, I'm sorry. No, John Wick 2 is out. If you haven't seen John Wick, then no, I, you don't get to say spoilers. 
I do. I do get to say it. Because you I can say it, but come on. I mean, that's like, okay, do you want me to tell you what happened at the end of Titanic? Like it's, a, it's not like a Star Wars movie. Come on. it was John Wick was no Titanic. <laughs> come on. How much did it cost to make John Wick versus how much it cost to make Titanic? There, one was a blockbuster, and one was a, a you know... A movie that did okay. I'm sorry. John Wick is on my brain. Uh, for listeners, I got to go to the Tampa Bay Comic Con, and I met a cosplayer who was John Wick, and he was absolutely incredible. So I kind of got to have a drink with John Wick, which was really cool. I met a cosplayer is not something I ever thought would be on this podcast. Not something I ever thought would be mentioned here. But I will send you the picture you of him, it. and you will see. No, it's okay. How cool it was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my player of the game for the Pride was Marta. I mean, she seemed to be, um, you know, hustling, trying to do something, trying to make things happen. Uh, I don't think a lot of players made a lot happen in that game. Yeah, but no. especially in the especially in the first half when Orlando was all over Portland, uh, Marta was a very dangerous player, and I really thought that, um, you know, probably she stood out for me a little bit uh, against the, uh, you know, the rest of them, and probably made fewer mistakes. Yeah, that's I, I agree. I mean, um, you know, that's one of the great things about Marta is um, it's rare that she has a, a bad game. And in, in a game where everybody else is having a not great game, she if she is just normal, she's going to stand out. So, yeah, same here. All right. Um, so uh, 0 for 2, no half price pizza. Uh, here in the here in Orlando, <laughs> I never get the hash price pizza. I never get it. They don't. They don't. I, I go into the the, the the pizza place here, and they go, "No, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about." I don't even know if they're doing that ever since the the Papa John's thing, which I'm, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't even want to get into it. I just yeah, say, let's not do that. <laughs> I, I, I'll just say that if the guy who's responsible for being a an idiot left the company, you know, maybe don't hold it against the rest of the company. I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But anyway. Um, so transfer window news, um, the transfer window closed and nothing happened. Um, but there's some ongoing, uh, rumors that, uh, Peruvian international center back slash defensive midfielder, uh, Carlos Asquez is, uh, is trying to be signed by the club. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think the deadline is long gone, uh, for even a free transfer at this point, but I don't know. (laughs) It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they do it. It's not an area of need that I had identified um, as, as one of the three primary uh, areas of need. Nope. But um, I guess it couldn't hurt to have another defender based on all the ones that are injured. Um, he's an international. We don't have any international slots left. I'm not sure that you can um, put somebody on season ending IR to get their slot back after the trade deadline. That's what I've been told. I have not confirmed that with the league. But um, so it's 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 if I guess he I guess he really, really wants to uh, play with Yoshi and not just on national team, but he wants to do it like all the time. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, come on. I, that's a fair point. I mean, I'm always happier when Yoshi's on the field. So, you know, no argument for me. Me too. But he's not going to be on the field against no, Atlanta he's not. because the disciplinary committee. Uh, well, I mean, you've heard the saying disco sucks. They're not talking about the music, folks. Nope. They're talking about the MLS Disciplinary Committee, which added a game to Yoshio Tune um, for, um, I guess they're going to call it a punch. But, I mean, here's what essentially happened in the New England game. Dust up after after the game time goal, Dom uh, committed a foul right on the restart, which kind of ticked off all of New England's team. They surrounded Dom. 
What do you do in that case? Well, you can't let your star player get surrounded and hassled by the other team, so you step in. And now you got a mass confrontation, Dave, and that's another fine for Orlando. And uh, the other thing you get is you get a, a fine for James O'Connor because now that's two mass confrontations under him. So, of course, he can control that from the sideline. And uh, Obviously. So he's getting fined. The team's getting fined. Yoshi gets a second game because here's what he did. Jaleel Alnibaba, much taller player than Yoshi, because Yoshi's not a tall player, uh, is coming at him. He sees him coming at him. He puts his arm out, extends it. Uh, his, his hand is closed. You could say it's a fist. He's got a closed hand. So I guess by definition, that's a fist. Anibaba walks right into that fist, just walks right up to him, gets in his face. And the fist, you know, as Yoshi's holding it out, is hitting the basically the base of Anibaba's neck. Now, again, it's it's kind of gentle contact. Anibaba walks up into him, walks into him, not runs. There's no strike. There's no uh, pulling the fist back and, and throwing it forward. There's just an nope. extended arm that he walks into. Then... As he leans forward and kind of moves Yoshi, Yoshi leans back and kind of pushes him. Again, doesn't does not bend the elbow at all. Just keeps the arm extended, gives a little pushback. Hanibaba kind of steps back, sees the ref over his shoulder, and then all of a sudden he's in pain. Oh um, yes. That now he's hurt. Now he's like, oh, did you see that? Did you see what he did? Uh, anyway, that was worth a second game suspension. Keep in mind, he's now going to miss a game against. Atlanta United. Atlanta United has a uh, a very good striker named Joseph Martinez that three weeks ago slammed his face into Chad Marshall's on a, a full-on headbutt. I'd say that's a dangerous play. Most people would say that's a dangerous play. It's certainly against the rules, and it's usually a red card. For Joseph Martinez, it's not a red card, and it's not a suspension from Disco. So I think when you say, well, Orlando City fans, just all they do is whine about the refs and whine about officiating and whine about this and whine about that, do you maybe not think that there's a reason? Do you maybe don't not see the disparity that we're seeing? Because I'm seeing a disparity here. I'm seeing, uh, you know, the league's chosen child, the golden boot leader. Don't want him out. That's going to cost you some eyeballs, maybe cost you some some butts in the seats. Uh, because, you know, the three games since then, all he's done is scored seven goals. Well, uh, so what makes it confusing, though, is that Yoshi was a MLS All-Star, so wouldn't you want him in the game? Oh, if Yoshi was the Golden Boot winner, maybe. Oh, in but her... just just being an All-Star, <laughs> not good enough. Or if he played for Arthur Blank, who is uh, obviously Don Garber's daddy, maybe oh. he would get that uh, benefit too. Ah, see, there was my uh, there was my mix-up. So, have you seen the cover of Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast album? Of course. So, in this case, the devil holding the um, marionette. Okay, the marionette is Orlando City. The devil is Don Garber. And then the you know, Eddie, the Iron Maiden mascot, who is yep. hold, pulling the strings of the devil, in this case Don Garber, that's Arthur Blank. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, that's so perfect. <laughs> that's that's, that's the way that, that is MLS 3.0 ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is, when you hear that term, MLS 3.0, that's what it is. It's uh, Arthur Blank and City Football Group that owns New York City FC holding, pulling the strings of Don Garber and then Don Garber pulling the strings on the rest of MLS, the, the small market teams. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be quite the castle built on his private island. He's building his little, uh, you know, James Bond uh, villain <laughs> lair just solely on Orlando City finds these days. 
All right, so last I checked, you and I cannot be fined for anything. <laughs> if you don't tweet that out tomorrow or tonight, I'm going to be highly upset. If I was any good at Photoshop, Dave. Do you need me to make something for you? That might already have been out there. But I'm not good at Photoshop. So, uh, But I'm also very sensitive to Photoshopping right now because there was a very ugly Photoshop job by um, an Orlando City supporters group. I'm not going to name the group um, that went out. That was very embarrassing that had uh, – Nazi symbols on it, and uh, had to put Don Garber uh, in a in a Hitler guise, and that was a very bad look. And I'm, I was kind of disgusted by that. You can't do that, man. No matter no. how bad you're feeling, you can't do that. So, um, you know, well, it's it's it, the it's, um, it gives us all a bad look because you know I would never, I would never do it, that. It's Godwin's law. God, yeah. Godwin's law is the is the internet thing where as soon as somebody mentions Hitler, then all conversation stops. It's you know you, it's 2018, man. Read the room. It's yeah. uh, some things are just not okay. It's just not, and uh, and that's one of those things. So I'm you know I'm not gonna beat him up over it. I I think it was a bad look, a bad move. I wouldn't have done it. I don't support it. But uh, you know. I'm pretty sure Nazis have always been a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, especially t- today. I mean, everything's Nazi this, Nazi that, fascist this, fascist that. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. But yeah. we'll move on. Okay, so I don't know, Dave. Do we have any questions this week? I mean, we don't have any guests because I wasn't going to put a guest through, you know, all of this, this, <laughs> this, this feeling I have. Just I just didn't get excited enough to say yes. Let's find us a cool guest. There's no Orlando City game this weekend. So we get a week without a loss, which is good, um, you know, before the Atlanta United beating that will take next week with you know, half the team out. Um, so yeah, this is this is uh, Michael and Dave uh, beat up on themselves over two losses type <laughs> week. So, yeah, it just we, we don't want feel... to subject anybody to that. Yeah. So sorry. We'll, we'll try to return next week with a good guest to make up for it. But I, I haven't even looked to see if there are questions on Twitter. Have you looked? I am doing so right now. I think well, they're actually. I'm going to oh. talk then so that you can look while I talk and then. No I, will there know. are. So no, there are. Um, all right. So well, before you see. start, let me say, okay, that you go can, ahead. You can, you can, uh, you can ask us anything and there's a couple ways you can do that. You can, you can email us. The mainland at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter account is at the mainland. And just hit us up with that hashtag, AskTMLPC. We do have uh, an email from Dave, uh, also, also known as Anduhar, on the mainland uh, comments board. Greetings, Anduhar. Anduhar's uh, question, uh, he says, thanks for taking my email. Longtime listener, second time emailer. What is the definition of clear and obvious, and can you send it to me and CC, MLS, and Pro? I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Um, I love this email, by the way. This is a great uh, all-star. You are a friend of the podcast, uh, Dave. That, that, that right there made you a friend of the podcast, without yes. a doubt. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the uh, the broadcast here, there, the, the, it's it's not clear or obvious what clear and obvious means. So I don't have the definition. I know I, I know I have what I think it means, which is as, that, as do I. Which is like okay, here's the here's what I see. Um, if you have an offside call, and the flag is not supposed to go up, um, because they're supposed to sort it all out with video review. If it's a close play, the flag's not supposed to go up. But the flag did go up on um, Sunday night. And 
to me, a clear and obvious error on offside is if you call the guy offside and he's, you know, a good one to th one or more feet onside, then you've got a clear and obvious offside onside situation. You've got a clear and obvious. You can see it with the naked eye and you don't need any sort of um, you know line, lines on the field. Yeah, you don't need to do any mathematics or any, you know, uh, math gymnast, math gymnastics to to figure out if he was onside. That's what clear and obvious is. That's not what happened in the game. Um, nope. And again, on that first one, he's assuming intent. He was assuming that Christian, you know, threw an elbow intentionally trying to hit the guy in the head. And maybe Christian was, but you can't just assume that. You you have to be, it has to be clear and obvious. Now, there was another play, the, the, the game that, that was on after Orlando City was Seattle and Dallas. There was a play at the end of that game that was Another unbelievable misuse of, of video review. Uh, Ted Uncle was surprisingly the referee in that game. Uh, I know you're <laughs> going to be shocked by that. But what happened was a, a Seattle player, uh, Rui Diaz, uh, threw a backward headbutt at Ziegler of Dallas. Threw a, and you don't see that often. Somebody throwing a backward headbutt into the guy's face. Um, now, of course, Ziegler didn't like that very much. So he took a, so he like slapped Rui Diaz in the, in the head and, and, and hit him in the back. And so he threw a couple of swings at him. Now, the swings got the red card. But there was no video review for the backward headbutt, which is also an instant red card. Right. Um, and then because it was like it took him like it were, there were four minutes of stoppage time given. It took him the full four minutes of that to figure out, you know, to get everything sorted out and restart the game. And then he ended the game. Like he didn't add on any time after that. <laughs> so like, he was like, I've had enough. We're done here. You know, which that is referee's discretion, but Oh my God, is that abuse of power? Because, you know, maybe Dallas, even with 10 men would have maybe liked to have had a couple of minutes to try to score an equalizer. Sure. The opportunity would have been, you know, nice, but uh, wow. it's, it's, uh, it was a similar situation when uh, against Atlanta when Orlando City fans uh, threw all that stuff on the field and it was like well now we don't get that opportunity all those seconds have been wasted that we don't get that opportunity to maybe get a tying goal it was well, it's, it's that, I it's, mean, it's, it's not the same situation no. but it's a similar situation in terms of the referee saying you know what I've had it we're done here <laughs> right yeah but and, in uh, this case it was the rest of referee's fault yeah, and I, I don't know how if you're the if you're the VAR sitting up in the booth and you see that play and you're, you you have to review it because it's a red card. Every red red card gets reviewed. How do you not go? Uh, yeah, I think there was one also on Seattle. You you mm -hmm. need to take a look at that. Uh, he didn't rewind far enough. I, just, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sharp. I come up with. I mean, maybe sharp objects was on on the West Coast at that time on HBO and maybe he, he was, was like, distracted. Yeah. He was like, you know, Amy Adams, man, she's awesome. This is a really good show. I can't yeah. can't be turning this off. Or maybe it was Fear the Walking Dead he was watching. I don't know. But I, it, whatever he was actually watching must have been really good. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Was it the uh, Was it Petke that talked about the uh, the ref watching The Simpsons? Oh my God, really? I don't remember. Somebody somebody said something. I think it was Petke's rant this year, um, earlier this year, where he talked about the video assistant must have been watching the Simpsons or something. <laughs> and I, I loved it. That was great. Um, but anyway, uh, Andohar, thanks for your question. Really appreciate that. I think that's the only one I got in the email. Do we, 
we didn't even really answer it. I guess we kind of did. Yeah. Basically, Talk basically there is, there is, there is, yeah, there is, there is no clear and obvious. I mean, if Anhar, if you would like us to grab Webster's and copy it and send it to uh, to Pro and, and MLS, I'll happily do so. So, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I I will get on that uh, tomorrow or today, as of uh, when anybody hopefully is listening to this podcast. So I will I will actually do that tomorrow on Twitter. I'm not sure people are still listening to this after the season this team has had. <laughs> you know, I I often wonder like should I go look at the numbers? I'm afraid to because why yeah, would anybody? I mean, it's bad enough you're watching the games. Why would you put yourself through reliving them? I mean, it's bad enough having to listen to us, but then having to listen to us talk about a bad game, yeah, that's 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 hard. I don't want to talk about these losses, you know? So why would you want to hear about them? I don't know. It's, right. But we do appreciate it. Yeah. No. If you're <laughs> listening, I mean, you know, thank you so very yeah, much. We owe you a beer. If you're listening, right? <laughs> if you're listening to this, especially over an hour into this podcast, you are owed, you are owed a beer by Dave and myself. Absolutely. Uh, we do have a question on Twitter, though. Uh, okay. A friend of the podcast, uh, Spot, uh, says, how many gut punches can you endure in a season before suffering permanent damage to vital organs? Yes, I did see that question now that you mentioned it. I wasn't sure if that was an Ask the Mainland podcast question or if it was just uh, it, to me or whatever. But uh, No, it was, and then he uh, he then clarified with another tweet that says that was supposed to be an Ask the TMLPC. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Spot, for the question. Um, my innards are powder at this point. Um, the gut punches have just um, – yeah, I'm basically being held together with duct tape. <laughs> you still have powder? You're so lucky. It's leaking. It's like um, it's like you know a kid's beanie baby that's got a huge hole in it. It's it's a uh, yeah it's it's the uh, the part in the movie where the uh, a, a gore movie where somebody has stabbed somebody in the uh, gut forty times and they're literally holding their guts outside of them and looking at them. The other person like, what do I do? Oh man, it's the beach scene in in. Uh... Yeah, it's the beach scene in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's that. That's, that's what this season that's, is. That's that's where we that are. That is the metaphor for this season. <laughs> it's Omaha we Beach. It out. Yeah, <laughs> we're on Omaha Beach. And we're all and and we're the ones that are having to to try and take the beach. Oh God. Yeah, we didn't even get the courtesy of being mowed down in while we we're still in the boat. We're in the water. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> not, no. We actually made it onto the beach. Yeah. Oh. Ouch. All right, is that, God, is that all hard. the questions for Ask the Mainland podcast? Anything? I I, I think it is because I think people are just so beaten down that they didn't even have the energy to uh, to ask us anything. Yeah, I think the the question I've seen most it wasn't directed toward Ask the Mainland podcast anything, uh, but the question I've seen most put to us this uh, over the last week: Can we go back to USL? <laughs> um, I, I yeah, we may as well. I mean, maybe we'll get a call there. Yeah, you know they they did like us there, so uh, I don't know. It might be maybe that's not such a bad idea. That's where all the trophies came from. Thank you, USL. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not easy being purple right now. It is not. It is in fact quite difficult. Um, but thank you to those of you who uh, who write to us every week and, and the the couple of you that did this week. We appreciate it. Ask the mainland and podcast for those... is uh, hashtag AskTMLPC on Twitter. Um, at uh, and, and tweet at our, our account, which is at the mainland, or hit us up at the mainland at gmail.com. And for those uh, three or four listeners out there, thank you as well. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, 
yeah, we're 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 wrapping things up here. Uh, we don't have an Orlando City game to preview, so there's no key matchups. There's no scoreline predictions. It wouldn't be a good scoreline prediction if there was. Um, no. It would. But we, we here's the good news. We won't be wrong. Yeah. Did I really predict three two last week? You really did predict three two. How did that... I predict? I I should have been right. I predicted two two. I should have been the one that was right, but you predicted three two. How did that even happen? How do I even? I can't even be happy about being right. Yeah, I know that that really does suck for you. Because the like way if I, if I had been right, I'd have been ecstatic. The way that it happened, there's just no way to be happy about that. There's just no right, way. but if I had been right, it would have been great. But no, because you were right, then we're all sad. Way to go, Michael. Well, maybe this will cheer you up. Okay. <laughs> we have a five-star review to read on iTunes. We do. We do. As of uh, as of Thursday, uh, awesome. last week we had one. Uh, it's uh, from R.H. Smith. The iTunes review, five stars. And uh, let's let's get to that. The uh, yes, I I, I, need, I need that. <laughs> the team might struggle, but this podcast doesn't. As a weekly listener and season ticket holder, I can assure you that this podcast is the catch-all that you have been looking for. Team analysis, great interviews, Q and A, and a few laughs. Michael and David put in 90 minutes of effort, even on weeks when the team didn't. It's even better than the club's own podcast nowadays. Here's to the pod. Tune in. Thank you so much. That is a great That's review. That's awesome. Yes, we really appreciate that. that. If you want to get your five-star review on the air, read on the air by us, uh, you just have to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and uh, tell us what you like about the podcast. And we will read that review on the air as we just did. That might be my favorite one so far. That was really good. I, It's absolutely my favorite one so far. I, like, I, I want you to send it to me so I can – put it in my mirror in the morning so i see that and i'm like okay i am a good person now daily affirmation i'm good exactly good enough i'm Just smart be, enough and doggone it and people like it. <laughs> gosh darn one person likes yeah, me exactly <laughs> all right well the orlando pride will head to north carolina courage this weekend hopefully it won't be uh, another massacre um Wait. we'll see you know if the pride this, this pride team is 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 too talented if they could just figure out a way to turn it on and everybody get on the same page, they could do damage. Let's hope that happens this uh, this Saturday at Cary, North Carolina, at Wake Med uh, Soccer Park. Um, I don't know, Dave. I guess you you could give us a prediction for that before we sign off. Uh, I'm going to be positive and say two two. Okay, well that is positively a prediction. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with. 3-1 Courage. Uh, I'm going to guess since uh, Orlando doesn't ever get a break that or uh, the, the Courage are going to go ahead and play Crystal Dunn and, and play um, you know all of their star players and um, and uh, just try to try to bury us in, out of the playoff race and um, take their chances well, against the Red Stars in the rain and the Thorns. Sadly, my prediction is the John Wick outcome, so all right. Well, um, thanks everybody who sent in uh, email questions. You can uh, you can do that for us next week if you like, because uh, obviously we'll have a a uh, preview of Atlanta United. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about the pride and the courage. Um, we'll let you know what happened with Carlos Asquez because we should know by then. Um, is there anything we forgot to talk about, Dave? I'm sure there is, but I'm too beaten down and beaten up to think of it. Yeah, okay. This is a good time to sign off. We'll, we'll let you off the hook this time and go under 
under the 90 minute mark. Uh, we'll, yeah. <laughs> right after we, right after we get that review, we're like, no, we can't do it. Sorry. Yes. Well, you know, it's shortened a little bit because we didn't have a guest, and I just again, I, I just could not bring myself to ask another person to be on this podcast this week. Um, it just it wasn't a good it's not been a good feeling i i'll tell you what sunday night dave i mean i slept in really late sunday morning so i already knew i wasn't going to sleep you know get to sleep at a decent hour on sunday night but right i even when i'd crawled into bed around two i tossed and turned and could not shut out what had happened at the end of that game so it well, it, it was a rough monday for me <laughs> So it was rough Monday for me also because I didn't sleep in on Sunday because, as our listeners know, I'm a Liverpool fan. So I woke up and we had a fantastic win. So I started my day off great. Now, I even said to myself, OK, we're probably not going to do that good tonight. And then they they did so close and then it didn't happen. And I actually had two articles, although I forgot about one and had to get back up and finish it. Uh, so I also got to bed late and so my Monday was not great either. Yeah. But yeah, at least, I, at least I got to watch, uh, 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 you know, sharp objects before I went to bed, which was nice because that was the perfect mood that, that show has the perfect mood for the mood I was in. It's just very dark and very disturbing. Um, by the way, uh, like- nobody asked me this, but if you're at, if you're looking for recommendations, if you have HBO or HBO now, sharp objects, pretty darn good. And it's only an eight episode commitment it's a limited series and they've uh, they've got six of them up already so well that sounds good the other thing i was thinking about uh, as you were saying that is uh the leg uh the end of the lego movie where lego batman is darkness parents dead that's kind of how i felt that night yeah it's 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 been bad and i just really <laughs> having to write that recap was just like it was a mess i i couldn't I sat there and just, again, I stared at the keyboard and went, how am I going to talk about this? How do I explain that last 30 seconds um, leading up to that goal? I I don't even know how, but uh, somehow I blacked out and I woke up and it was done. Well, and as a reminder to everybody listening, we were fans before we do what we do. So we have to uh, we have to watch the same game, feel all the same emotions, and then we have to go. Oh, now I get to write about that. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's so hard. I mean, we do it, and I'm glad we do it. And a lot of times it gives you a great perspective, blah blah blah. But like you said, sometimes it's just oh, I don't want to do this. Like even this podcast, we're we're both like, oh god, we got to talk about two losses. Ugh, this sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've never had to do it before, but it just feels like this week they Ugh, felt this week more was hard. brutal and more um, like punishment than anything we've ever done before. So, as Spot said, how many gut punches can we take? I don't know, but you know, I gotta say, I'm I'm anxious to see how the Lions get out there and lose the next one because they <laughs> find new ways to do it, and there are new inventive, challenging. It's, I mean, it's got to be a challenge now to find a new way to lose. That's true. Uh, but, you know, they've done it just about every single way there is. And I tell you, if if you want to be MLS Player of the Week or if you want to get a hat trick or if you want to score in stoppage time, come play Orlando City. That's what I got to say. Because chances are you're going to do it. Yeah, I can't. There's just nothing to add to that. Yeah. Sorry. Also, I don't know what the Audi, uh, Audi index is, but um, apparently Luciano Acosta was like a million on the Audi index this week. 
that's like this arbitrary numeric thing that no one really understands. Uh, I just wonder how many points did he get for Trip and Pino? Nobody has been able to explain that to me. All the points. He got yeah. all the points. He must have got at least 10,000 points for that. So All the points. All right. Well, please read our stuff at themainland.com. We'll be back next week to preview the Atlanta United game. We will, uh, of course, talk about the Pride uh, against North Carolina and then preview their next game against Chicago. Um, any transfer news, anything that you know out of the U.S. teams, anything exciting from the world of soccer, we'll, of course, answer your Ask TMLPC questions. Uh, please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can catch Dave at on Twitter at Mainland Dave. I'm at Mainland Michael. And, of course, the at the Mainland is our main Twitter feed. So we'll be back to do it all again next week. Let's put a bow on episode number 138, and we'll sign off the way I always do. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro saying go city and go pride.